Hi, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Lucy. And I'm going to be reading a passage from the Bible. And I'm going to be praying for the following preachers. Um, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He, He replied. How do you read it? He answered. Love the Lord... Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man. He passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite passed when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of you three, which of, you, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber, robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So now I'm going to be praying for the following preachers. Um, Dear Lord, I thank you so much for giving Noah, Finley and Tom the gift of being able to preach to people to glorify you and to teach other people about you. Um, I pray that people listening will be able to... Um, pick up what they're saying and not only hear it in the church but be able to take it to their daily lives and be able to teach other people about you and be kind to others who don't believe in you so that they'll see God throughout that Um, and yeah, good luck guys Hello City Gate I think that's that's good, all right. Put my notes out. There we go, finally. Hello, everyone. My name's Noah, and uh, today... Today, we're going to be doing the Good Samaritan for the preach, and I'm going to be covering verses 25 to 29. Uh, so, but before we do this, uh, I think some of you might not know what parable is, uh, so I, I'm just going to do an, introdu- an introduction to parables, and then we'll get started. So basically, a parable is if Jesus is telling someone something, and they want, uh, they want, he, he wants them to either remember what he said uh, for them to understand, so this one is understand, and, uh, or think, think more deeply of what Jesus has said, 
he will use a parable. And the three little pigs isn't a parable because it's not told by Jesus. Fun fact. Uh, so that's a parable. And um, I, you can correct me on this one, people. But uh, I don't think that the Bible tells us where, in any version, where Jesus is when he's telling this story or parable. Um, so we can assume he's somewhere in Israel and he's not talking to his followers. He's not talking to a turned Roman and he's definitely not talking to a guy called Dave. Uh, <laughs> He is, in fact, people, talking to a teacher of the law. So uh, that's, that in one sentence, it, he, um, he was, Jesus was talking to an expert or teacher of, the, of I think, or in, in the law, which means um, he really knew his Old Testament. Um, so uh, I'm just going to read from verse 25 again. It says, Then an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, Teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written from the law? What do you understand from it? So basically, this guy, we, d we don't know if he's um, trying to test people, but uh, this guy, trying to test Jesus, but this guy um, stood up and he's, he's going to try and ask Jesus, something. So it's a bit like me um, with this. Okay? This is a match of the day magazine. I, I like football. And, um, and it's got top 50 Premier League players. So I, I will... Just I've opened it up and I see that Virgil van Dijk is fourth on the list. And his age is 30. Some of you might think Solanke's better, but hey-ho. Um, I think, so I'm going to close this book now. And just pretend it's a few days later. This guy, this guy named, uh, I don't know, James, he's going to come up and test me. So he tests me and he says, in your magazine, who's fourth and what's their age? And from me memorising it, I would say Virgil van Dijk. And he's four, 30, four, not 40, 30. Um, so... James will give me a little clap and go off, but it's a, a little bit like uh, this man. He can get tested, and um, he would know it. So, and that is my point one of two points, and that's basically, it's, I think point one would probably be labelled head if I had it, because my second is asking you, did, did he know it in his heart? Did he... Because um, in verse 27, it says, The man answered, love, your Lord, love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and all your mind. Also, love your neighbour the same as you love yourself. So he, he would have known that. He, he would have said it really fluently. I'm not sure if that's the right word to describe it, but he'd have said it without interruption. He knew it. But he could have said it, he could have read it, as many times as he wanted. Does it again? Does it once more? Does it another time? He's been studying the Bible um, for his whole life since he could read. Um, and then uh, he, he would, he uh, could come, come and get tested and he knew it. So, but he, 
he could read it as many times as he would like, but he missed it out. He missed one really important bit. And the Bible, or the Old Testament, is basically what God's saying to you. And if you needed to summarise it, it would be uh, what that man just said, love, your Lord, love the Lord your God and all of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into it because I have a time frame. Um, <laughs> uh, but he, he would have said that. And, uh, and then, uh, oh gosh, I forgot where I am now. Oh, yes. Uh, he'd, he would have read in it, read, read, read it, I've got some bad grammar here. Uh, he, he would have he done it, and uh, then he couldn't read as much as he would like, but the Bible is getting one message, which is that. And then uh, he could... He missed something out. He didn't know who his neighbour was. He didn't know... Uh, he, he, he saw... He, he could read it on the paper. I'm, I'm, re I'm reading something here. And then... He, he read that, he read it loads, but he missed one key point, who his neighbour is. I'm going to hand you over to Finley now for, to um, talk on something else. I'm not, I'm not quite sure on what he's doing. Brilliant, though, brilliant. Best preacher I've ever heard. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Finley. Uh, I'm going to be covering the verses 30 to 32 on, on the Good Samaritan, uh, like Noah said. So I've got four points to make. Um, and uh, number one is, why does Jesus answer the man with the story? Now, um, before Jesus even gets into the, um, the parable uh, that he's... Um, that he's talking about, uh, um, the man asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbour? Now, uh, instead of Jesus um, being uh, a calculator and the man typing his answer, uh, what he wants in, uh, Jesus um, tells the man a parable. Now, the man probably would have been uh, shocked because he would have wanted to know actually who his neighbour was. And... But Jesus would have had in his mind, I'm not going to tell him his neighbour is Gary, his tax collector, um, Michael, who works with him at the farm. It, he doesn't tell him that. He tells him a parable. Um, and the man now would have been uh, listening with uh, great interest because he, he's, um, he, he, he's had to put up with Jesus um, telling him the story. Um, so Jesus... Um, uh, continues, well, starts the story, story with a man. And um, so my second point is, why is, uh, is the road to Jerusalem to Jericho important? Now, you may be uh, sitting here or in, in your living room, wherever, uh, saying, um, thinking, why is a little boy uh, standing with a microphone talking about a, a stupid road? Well, I'm talking about it because um, the, Jesus said it. <laughs> so, um, so... Um, the, the, Jesus starts the um, story with a man, and the man is walking along the road to Jerusalem, to Jericho, bingo, point, there we go. Um, and, then, and then it's basically the most shady part of Manchester or London or Bournemouth is, is 
the road is not a place you want to be uh, walking down in the middle of the night. It's uh, a place, it has cliffs and roads and ditches where uh, it, and it's a good place for the, um, for the robbers and whoever to hide out in. And if you, like, if you were there however many years ago, um, he, the man got beaten up, uh, no surprise. Um, and he, he was left on the, the, the side of the road uh, in the, in, uh, probably in the, like the middle or wherever the 17 miles um, that the road is. So, um, yeah, and he's, been, he's left there. Now along comes a priest. Now a priest is basically like Russ, if you know him. He's the the leader of the church, and um, Russ, well, well, the priest, uh, he 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 he's not blind, so so he sees the man lying on the floor, but he chooses to step away from the man and carry on uh, and uh, walk on and continue with his journey because the um the 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 priest would have probably thought, well, I'm, I'm too good for that man. He's, he's made a wrong choice. I'm the leader of a synagogue. I represent the Old Testament law and everything. I, I, and he's just a man. And he's, he's made the wrong choice. And I'm perfect. So he would have carried on. Uh, so the man, uh, very disappointed now with that, with that um, decision by the, pre- by the priest. Um, here's a Levite coming along. And a Levite is a uh, basically like Andy, um, and he, uh, he he's uh, one step down from the from the priest. <laughs> still good looking, still good looking. <laughs> um, uh, and and the the Levite is um, the Jew male, uh, represents the prophets of Isaiah, Moses. And, Whoever Elijah, uh, and then you, uh, and then um, he, the Levite uh, also, make, same as the priest, steps away from the um, from the man and uh, decides to go on with his journey. And um, so the man is now left in confusion. But and but I want to leave you on this final question before I hand over to Tom. Uh, why do we find it hard to know that they pass by? Well, my little brother Toby there, who's seven, he's waving there. Um, he he fell up. There was the, the air show in the summer, and he, we were coming on back from it on our bikes. This is only a minor example, by the way. But um, he fell off his bike uh, near the road, um, and then he got out and he got off the road. But then he had like scratches um, all over his face, and he was a bit in a total state. Um, but then, our um, our head teacher at the time, uh, he 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 was happened to be going by on his um on in his car, and um, he stopped his car and he came and um helped helped our brother um, well yeah and rode our mum's bike back to our house and then he was on his way and our dad could get in the car and uh, pick Toby up, but um that's just a minor example of when. Uh, someone's injured or hurt, we we go and we go and um, we we help them, and but um, those the priest and the Levite they didn't do any of that. They they stepped aside and they they left um they left the man in uh, bitter pain. So that was kind of it. And I'll hand over to Tom now. 
Um, so thank you very much, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm Tom. Um, a lot of you probably know me as Oi, that's Sean's kid down there. Uh, but yeah, you know who you are. And um, I'm talking about the end of the story, which is from verse 33. So I'm just going to read over that again. Um, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, which is about 50 pounds total today, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and I'll return. when I return, I will reimburse you with for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him to go and do likewise. So basically, at this point, you have to imagine how the, how the crowd is feeling about what they've heard so far. They've just heard that a priest and a Levite, who at this point, these people would have, as their job, have to know the entire Old Testament. And they'd you know, yell at people who are failing. And then, but there's like this one bit that I found in Micah 6, 8, which says, he, who, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And that is the complete opposite of what they did. So the crowd's obviously a bit upset about this already so far. And then Jesus has just told them that a Samaritan came along. A Samaritan who... The Jews at this point would have considered these people half-breeds or compromised Jews because in the Assyrian exile a few of the Israelites started like intermarrying with them, which is something God had told them not to do. So, and then the hatred had become so great that Jews would much rather go around Samaria, which meant crossing the Jordan River twice, than have to go through it. It's, it's kind of hard to read a story like this, really, in our society today. It's, it's racism, really. It's two people groups who very clearly hate each other and would probably throw rocks at each other if they saw them on their streets. But our society, on the other hand, has become so sensitive to intolerance like this. Well, I mean, at least on the surface. Who knows what's going on in the heart? An interesting example of this I recently found out in our culture is something called virtue signaling, where I'm pretty sure I may be saying it wrong, but you make a big deal about how you've been like, helping people fighting against intolerance by the way, I'm not saying fighting against intolerance and helping people is wrong at all. Go ahead and do that. But um, then the question really is, though, does everyone online really need to know that you've done that? Like, how hard is it to share a post? What does it cost you? And then you have to also ask yourself, what are you really gaining from doing that? And then, now look at what the Samaritan does. He gives up his time. He throws his agenda completely out of the window. He gives up well over 50 pounds through oil and wine, which were pretty expensive, and then accommodation. And then he offers to pay even more if the innkeeper needs to spend any more than that. And I'm also fairly sure that after he'd done it, he didn't go outside, buy a bunch of stone tablets, get his hammer and chisel, and just carve out a message on all of them and leave them lying around on the streets and show them to everyone. But why is it that the Samaritan actually did that? 
it can't be for his reputation because if anyone from Samaria heard what he had just done, he would have been shunned, he'd been beaten, he'd probably be exiled as well. But I'm pretty sure what happened there was that he saw the man and went, that's another person made in the image of God. And not th- he saw him not through the race, the filter of race history or like his expectations that come from his family, but I think he just saw him as an image bearer who needed help. So he didn't hesitate to take pity and help. But then after Jesus has finished telling the story, he then asks the expert of the law, who of those three is the neighbor of the man who fell to the robbers? And ask you now, who is it? Yes, exactly, it's the Samaritan. And then the expert said, definitely sounding super defeated at this point, the man who had mercy. Because <laughs> originally he had been trying to test Jesus, and then Jesus just, just completely turned his argument on, his, on its head. And then Jesus decides, you know, I'm going to take this a step further and mic drop him and goes, go and do likewise. And there was a proper moment there because he, he was saying that to everyone who was there if there was anyone else. And he actually says it to us as well. But the question is, why is it that at least some of us in here would be like the priest and the Levite and leave someone due to fear of getting involved? Why is it we lack the compassion that the Samaritan showed us, showed the man? Some people would say we lack compassion because we're human, we're evil beings. But I would actually say that it's got to do with how we see other people. Like, I'm pretty sure that if you're just walking down the street on your way to Tesco or something, and someone comes up to you and says, hey, can you just, I'm low on cash and I'm really hungry, can you like buy me something? I'm not saying everyone, but a few people would probably say no and walk off because there's no trust anymore. But the question is, how should we see people? And the answer to that is, you should see people the way that the Samaritan must have seen the man, or the way that Jesus sees you and me. He sees us as broken, we're helpless, and we are in need of help or salvation. And Jesus didn't just give me 50 pounds in accommodation. He gave his life. He died for us. And then he says to uh, to us to go and do likewise. We're not called to die to help someone, but called to like stop in our tracks, called to help someone nearby, whether that's like, you know, just buying someone, that person like a drink and like a sandwich or something, or it's offering to meet someone you heard is having a hard time and offering to meet them regularly to talk about that and pray with them. The question is, are we all willing to do that though? But I'm fairly sure that in that crowd, there were, there were several people who must have thought, well, I don't think I really want someone like that helping me, or like, why should someone like that be allowed to help me? I'm so much better than them. And maybe there's still people here hearing it again who are thinking, well, I don't know if I want help. I don't think I need help either. And that's actually called pride. And Jesus on multiple occasions, like, you know, he's really gone into how bad pride is. For example, in James 4, verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And I would say off that, like, we should all really look inside ourselves and consider, would I let a stranger help me out if I, if I was in a place of suffering? Or would I, am I even willing to ask for help from someone? Uh, we're all made by God to be together and encourage and pray for each other. 
Maybe even today you have a cry for help. Prayer is available today at the prayer flag on my left. Um, but the good news of that story is that we have the Holy Spirit, if you believe in Jesus here today. He is the one who empowers us to live like Jesus. He's the voice inside you that goes, Oi, stop right there. There's helping to be done here. But the thing about kingdom kindness is that's not, kingdom kindness isn't just thinking that and going, Yeah, but I've got a tight schedule. I'm going to be late to something if I help them. Or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I had a rough night last night, you know. Or they, they don't look very nice. They look, like, quite scary. Or there's people watching, and uh, there might, maybe someone I know will see me and, like, tell others that I'm nice or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have thought that bit through. Um, <laughs> But kingdom kindness is going, I'm listening, and um, I'm ready to obey. But finally, and then you've got to ask yourself, what would our community actually look like if everyone showed this level of compassion, this unconditional compassion through the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm pretty sure it would look like a place where help is always available. Like, if you're curled up on the floor, figurative or literally, you will get help, like, almost instantly. This is being already worked towards through our community hub and food bank during the week with volunteer work. But can you imagine how much more could be done if everyone here spoke to someone, told them about it, and then those people, everyone in here did that and told everyone, and everyone they spoke to did that. There would be so many people who would be helped out of a difficult situation. Um, As the worship team comes up, I'm just going to pray for us. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray for everyone here, and may all sorts of pride be removed from hearts, and compassion be put in its place. And Lord, may you help us to be a community of selflessness, and help us to serve others where we can. If you want further prayer, on my left, the prayer team, there's the prayer flag over there, and the prayer team will be very welcome to pray for you um, at the end. Um, But let's all just stand while we have this last song and just reflect on what we've heard so far.